From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Congratulations, you found us, and I hope you'll stay a while. Albert, the intern, is here. Uh, Tim Spreen is uh, on the bridge working the dials and the doodads. And I am your humble chat show host, Richard Serrett. Uh, once again, I'll invite you to participate in our HOA Hangout on Air. Uh, and it's very quick and simple to do that. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, and click on the link near the top of the Twitter feed. Again, that's at Richard Serrett. Click on the link uh, that says uh, YouTube or HOA or uh, something to that extent. Anyway, it's, it's, I think it's second from the, uh, the top. And voila, you are in. And of course, while you're there at Richard Serrett, make sure you say hi and uh, be sure to follow. Uh, stay tuned at the bottom of the hour uh, for your chance to win a pair of tickets to my live stage show coming to Oshawa's Regent Theatre. That's Sunday, April the 26th. And for uh, more details and a list of our um, amazing roster of speakers, visit followthetruth.tv. Just want to give you a quick heads up what's uh, coming up next week on the program. Constitutional lawyer Rocco Galati will be here to discuss his Supreme Court battle and charges of conspiracy against the IMF, the Bank of Canada, and the Federal Finance Minister, no less. Uh, now, we've we've had the Honorable uh, Paul Hellyer on the program, Paul Hellyer, former Deputy Prime Minister, uh, and also the former uh, Defence Minister under the Lester B. Pearson government back in the mid-60s. And um, uh, the Honorable Paul Hellyer has uh, talked... On this program, as I say many times before, he's also written about it extensively, about the Bank of Canada, the need to reform it, which essentially means take it back, dial it back to pre-1974. And at that point, the Bank of Canada, among uh, other things, was used as a, a lending instrument uh, for various level, levels of gov- governments here in Canada, municipal, provincial, federal governments. They could all go to the Bank of Canada and um, and uh, borrow money at very, very low or near zero percent interest rates. And this, again, prior to the 70s, the mid-70s, was how Canada, Canada funded major infrastructure. We funded the war effort during the Second World War by borrowing from the Bank of Canada. We, we funded the St. Lawrence Seaway, a massive infrastructure project through the Bank of Canada without paying exorbitant fees to international bankers. All that changed in 1974. Why? It, it happened almost mysteriously uh, and with little explanation. And now, of course, here we are, 41 years later, and we have a federal debt of close to $600 billion. 95% of that is compound interest. So, uh, Rocco Galati is taking this fight to the Supreme Court. And surprise, surprise, you're not hearing about it on the mainstream media. But you will hear Mr. Galati on this program next week. And, of course, um, the the um, second half of the program, we have Ilana Freeland will be back with us. Ilana uh, researches and writes extensively about things like chemtrails, and uh, she'll, he- she'll be here to discuss just that, chemtrails and Morgellons disease or Morgellons syndrome which, uh, again, one of those things that's not being discussed about. It's the big elephant in the room. Many, many people suffering 
the symptoms uh, which which it seems to point at Morgellons and and the connection there may be a connection between Morgellons and chemtrails that's Elana Freeland uh, also coming up next week at the uh, the bottom right hand corner of richardserrett.com the the homepage there's this red button and it says vote and uh, it's been up there for quite a while it's kind of a, a, a semi permanent fixture it's a poll and uh, i've posted it there to track your interest listener interest in various topics that we cover here on the conspiracy show and there are a dozen fairly broad subject areas listed everything from cryptozoology assassinations mind control false flags end times prophecy secret societies and the votes you please go on there vote and those votes are tabulated and subjects are then listed in order of the most favorite to the least favorite and almost immediately since the polls inception about six months ago or maybe even longer far and away the subject that listeners to this program voted as their favorite is the UFO ET subject and if you're intrigued by this complex multifaceted arena you've probably spent a lot of time online looking for evidence sifting through countless images and videos purporting to be incontrovertible evidence of the existence of UFOs and no doubt then if you've done that you're familiar with the images and films of one Billy Meyer an unassuming farmer from Switzerland, now approaching 80, I believe. Uh, but there's more to, to Billy Meyer, much more to Billy Meyer, than some pretty convincing photos and 8mm films of UFOs and beam ships and landing crafts. In fact, since 1942, think of that, almost three quarters of a century ago, since 1942, Billy Meyer has, he and his followers believe, had thousands of personal and telepathic communications with various ET civilizations. Let me give you an example. Since 1975 alone, over a thousand personal and 1,081 telepathic contacts with a group of, of, of extraterrestrials known as the Plagiarin and members of their federation. The contacts are still ongoing. 486 contacts are documented and available as contact reports. And Meyer has also written extensively about these communications, specifically the information and prophecies that he's received from these ETs. In 1958, for example, Billy Meyer predicted the existence, 1958, Billy Meyer predict, predicted the existence of pocket telephones and plastic money. That's just for starters. And over the next 44 minutes or so, you're going to hear more about Billy Meyer, his communications with ETs, and his predictions. Michael Horn is the authorized American media representative for the Billy Meyer contacts, which he has researched since 1979. Michael is the writer, producer, director of the award-winning new film, And Did They Listen? Humanity at a Crossroads, Survival or Extinction. As well, he's the co-producer of the new documentary, As the Time Fulfills, which presents an abundance of ironclad, prophetically accurate scientific evidence that irrefutably authenticates the Billy Meyer case. He's the writer and co-producer of the award-winning feature-length documentary, The Silent Revolution of Truth as well as the writer, producer, and narrator of the DVD, The Meyer Contacts, The Key to Our Future Survival. Michael Horn, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? 
Fine, Richard. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? I can. My little cell phone. I can hear you fine, and I can see you. And thanks for joining us also on our on our hangout. If you don't mind me asking, if you can divulge, where are you tonight? Where did we find you? Um, I'm in northern Arizona, Flagstaff, Arizona, to be specific, up kind of in the mountains, and uh, in my little uh, apartment here. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us, uh, Michael. Now, uh, just give us an update on on the current status of of Billy Meyer. Was I correct in in saying that he's approaching 80? Yes, he just turned 78 in February. So, you know, moving on towards 80, of course, you're right. And he uh, he continues to meet with the play RN people uh, in person and uh, continues to receive and share information pertaining to world events and situations that are going on now that he has actually long foretold, as you mentioned. Uh, when you mentioned 1958, Meyer also specifically foretold the coming worldwide uh, Islamic fundamentalist terrorism and, uh, you know, about 158 other things in addition to what you and I just have mentioned. He did foretell that the U.S., would have two wars with Iraq, and that the second war would be led by a president who'd be the son of a former president. It's getting pretty specific right there. He also mentioned that there would be, I think, six um, moon landing attempts by the U.S., but that the one that we know as Apollo 11, the first attempt, would be a hoax. He published that 11 years before that uh, event occurred or didn't occur, as the case may be. Fascinating. The the um, the um, Islamic uh, situation that we had, the radical uh, Islam and and, uh, and ISIS. Uh, does he document that? The current uh, situation in the Middle East and, and the Islamic State or ISIS as it's known. Has he has he talked about that previously? Yes. He, um, oh gosh. Last November. Meyer published, and, and I, I published the information, uh, which was kind of radical, stating that unless there is a worldwide concerted military effort with no less than 300,000 soldiers, we will find that the IS basically can set the world back to about the Dark Ages. And uh, he published information that the royal family of Qatar was... Uh, partially behind, you know, in terms of funding. Sure. That art, an article just came up, I think, today or yesterday about that. Uh, it's it's a it's a pretty serious thing. In eighty one and eighty seven, he also specifically foretold that France is going to fall to Islam from within, and then will be invaded from without, uh, and that'll probably be the Russians and or Russian and Chinese. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's unfolding that is contained in those 81 and 87 prophecies, including uh, information that affects the U.S. and Canada. Is this um, information that's primarily been given to him telepathically by the Playarans? The information has come about in a couple of ways. One of the ways is that Meyer himself is a prophet, and he is able to get this information, uh, prophetic information. Most of the information that he will publish tends to be uh, world event-related. The scientific information that he has published that I term as prophetically accurate, that is largely given to him by the Playaren 
And that's in face-to-face conversations, oftentimes on board the craft with them. Uh, in 1987 or 88, for instance, he was observing a planetary alignment that the Pleiaran were showing him, and they said, well, come over here and touch this screen. You can move these things around. And he describes a 3D holographic touchscreen technology back in the late 80s. Uh, That's before we knew anything about that type of stuff. So the scientific information comes generally from them, some world events as well, and sometimes with things such as what's going on now with the IS and with Ukraine-Russia, that is coming from both him and the Playaron. All right, Michael, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and we'll continue to delve into the predictions and prophecies of UFO ET contactee Billy Meyer, Michael Horn, the authorized American media representative for Billy Meyer, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Michael Horn is with us. His uh, new documentary is... And Did They Listen? Humanity at the Crossroads, Extinction or Survival. Um, Michael, before we get back to the uh, the uh, many predictions, prophecies of, of Michael Horn, or uh, I'm sorry, of Billy Meyer, you, you have been described as the enfant terrible of the UFO community. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you, um, the reason for it, in my opinion, is this. I am quite firm in stating that in my 36 years of research, I have not seen any solid evidence of another actual extraterrestrial contact case, and that the people who parade around claiming to be contactees and experts on UFOs don't have, uh, I don't know how else to put this, but it isn't credible to me for several reasons. Since there's no other real ongoing contact case, in my opinion, how can you be an expert on something other than anecdotal reports of Roswell or Rendlesham or whatever it may be? And just because we see things flying in the sky doesn't make it extraterrestrial. To the best of my knowledge, not one of the people who is on the circuit lecturing about UFOs either has been within 20 feet of a real extraterrestrial craft, let alone a terrestrial one. I have and not one of them has received direct information from actual verifiable extraterrestrials. I have. So when I am a bit outspoken about that, not because I'm trying to cheerlead, oh, this is my case and all that, but because this is a gift to humanity that we need to cut through what I consider distraction and disinformation because it's about our future survival, then I am kind of blipped off the screen because they don't want to have me interrupt the UFO industry, which is what it is. It's a business and, uh, you know, a community and a business. So that's my opinion, and I, I base it on my experiences in all of the aforementioned. If there was another actual, verifiable, real extraterrestrial UFO case, I'd be fascinated. I'd want to know, too. But, well... I'll stop with that right now, and I'll, you know, okay. go ahead and challenge me or whatever. No, no. I, I, well, I, you, you mentioned uh, that you personally have received confirmation. Was this in the company of Billy Meyer? Explain how that, that, uh, that happened. 
Well, there's two two things. Um, remembering the date would be October 3rd, 2011. I had at 10 p.m. finished doing a radio interview. I was living in the mountains of Brazil at that time, and I had this funny impulse to go and open the little French doors that led out. And I was living up, you know, in this kind of very nice remote area. So I went and I looked up and I thought I saw a star, and it started to move, and I was kind of startled. First, is that a firefly? Oh, no, this is something consciously controlled. And for 15 to 20 seconds, this object drifted down, and it turned to my left and then drifted off to the side and disappeared. So I was in Switzerland about a week later. I went to Switzerland to see Billy, and I asked him about it. He said, oh, yes, it's that telemeter disc, and it's probably just saying hello. You know, they monitor occasionally because they monitor in Switzerland all the time. They're flying over the center all the time. People see them there. It was two years earlier that when I was involved in a potential project with a man named Cal Korf, who's actually a big enemy of the case, who wanted to do a so-called pro and con double DVD set, I said, sure, I'll be, you know, I'll be able to do that I'm, for my part. I'd written to Switzerland about it, and they said, well, do whatever you want to do. And then a couple days later, I got an email saying, you better hold on for just a second because we learned something about this. You'll have a transcript tomorrow. So this is in November, I don't remember the exact date, of 2009, and I got a transcript, came through email, so it's date and time stamped and verifiable on servers and all that. And uh, one of the Playarn women had come to talk to Meyer, and the conversation was about this project that I was going to be walking into, and, and they basically said, please pass on this information to Michael. He is about to step into a huge trap. It's going to be very bad for him, for you, for all of this work that we've been doing for so long because this man, Cal Korf, is set it up that way to really try to use it to discredit everything, blah, blah. So when I got the information, I then got in touch with Korf, and I said, listen, you go do whatever you want to do. This isn't going to be for me. Back and forth for a day or two, then I withdrew fully. And the next day, there were 300 attacks against us on his website, including death threats. So he had been waiting and loading up, and he was going to put all this into DVDs that I didn't know about. So this is the least important part. That's, this is anecdotal. This is my personal experience, but it isn't what I would base the credibility of the case on, because people could, you know, oh, well, this and that. In this past year, we had three new independently done photo analyses we didn't have it done. It was, it was, they were done by a professor, South America, and a guy in Japan who's a professional photographer. Meyer's photos, his most controversial photos and films, were authenticated. And it's, it's powerful because he also lists all the protocols and tools he used. Anybody can take it on. There's even one thing anybody can do at home with Photoshop. Drop a photo in, drop the contrast or, and heighten the brightness, and here's a craft of... People are saying it's just a model against the black curtain. No, it's a craft hovering over a gravel road with grass on the side and the whole deal. So in terms of the physical evidence, now it's, it's no longer even remotely debatable. The guy who made the best models, and he did he made wonderful models, this guy Phil Langdon in England, he had challenged me to a debate, but since I said, sure, I'll debate you, and that we've got all this, you can see it on screen, I just looked up. That's the wedding cake craft. There's the wedding cake, yes. Yeah, and that was just authenticated. The details on that, we have. I don't know if you have the photos with the details, but the details are amazing. Phil couldn't duplicate them. He, he backed out of the debate. He chickened out, pardon me. After all of this haranguing and calling this a hoax, he just disappeared. 
And no, none of the skeptics have now come forward to try and take on the analyses and debunk it because they have to debunk themselves. Anybody that runs the, the protocols gets the same results. So basically, the physical evidence, which is actually the least important. Oh, the, the thing you're looking on the, on the screen now? Yes. That's one of the most remarkable photographs ever taken. I was, I was standing right there when that was taken because this was for the silent revolution of truth. That's Billy Meyer sitting on the ground in India. There's a spire from a, the ashram behind him. Right. And that is a cross generated holographically by Asket in 1964. That was taken in a 1940s Kodak Bellows camera. There's no special effects possible. My dad had one of those cameras. What you're looking at was generated in the sky, floating above his head. There's very specific reasons, in my opinion, why that symbol, why near Meyer, why in India, and all of that. But that is not any kind of special effect that isn't painted on the, the photograph. My nose was up on, against that plastic looking at it. And Jack, my uh, director guy, was filming that whole thing there. So we've got the physical evidence now to a point where it's okay. Anybody who wants to argue the physical evidence is going to have to really take on three new independent analyses. This was a, uh, one of the original photos from 75, 76. The branch is actually in front of the, the craft. It's no model. We've got a film showing this tree in full bloom. It's over 40 feet tall. Uh, the physical stuff... At this point, for anybody who really is interested, this is the best UFO, extraterrestrial UFO evidence ever, and it still remains that. It's the best. It's real, and you can you know, deal with it, folks, if you want, but it's the least important part. Then you go to the higher standard of proof of the prophecies, and then we get to the meat of the matter, which is what's called the spiritual teaching, and that is a non-religious, belief-free teaching that we can hopefully start to accelerate our familiarity with so we can get ourselves out of what otherwise now is a dead-end spiral going down the drain fast. And the stuff that has happened recently with Russia, uh, Meyer foretold that in, in 76, 81, 87, and in 87 he foretold Canada's involvement in what's coming and what's coming to the U.S. This is what this whole thing is about is our future survival on you know on every level so that's what i'm passionate about right right well why the, you know here's the million dollar question and you've had it probably a million times but i'll ask it again and that is why billy meyer and then by extension why you okay well here i love to introduce it this way according to the information in the case Richard, there's stuff I can't prove. We can prove the photos are real and all that stuff and the prophecies. You know, they're, they're speaking for themselves. It is said in this case that Meyer, his spirit or spirit form, a term that they use, is extremely ancient. Among many lifetimes that he has had on this, or his spirit has incarnated that on the planet, there have been six previous lifetimes as very specific prophets, most of whose names we know. This is the seventh Time, the final incarnation for a prophet in this lineage to come to earth to bring again the same original spiritual teaching they've been bringing for thousands of years that previously was always corrupted into religions and because of the religions we're at each other's throats you know doing horrible destructive stuff so Meyer's spirit reincarnates this time and the previous prophets were known as Enoch 
Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, and that name isn't familiar to everybody. That was the real name of the man whose name they claim was falsely changed to Jesus Christ, man who never lived. And then Muhammad, who they said was a true prophet, whose efforts to bring forward the spiritual teaching, as was the case with the previous five to, to him, were also corrupted and changed. And now, during the electronic age, when the teaching can be preserved, disseminated without corruption, when people can read and write and don't have to rely on oral tradition or hierarchies of priests and mullahs and gurus and rabbis to tell them what it is, people can start to study for themselves and go, oh my gosh, you mean this is what it was supposed to be all the time? So Meyer, that's his mission. He's had 22 attempts on his life in this lifetime for his trouble. It's been pretty rough, but he's had you know, a remarkable life. As for me, why, well, I walked into a bookstore in 1979, saw the first photo book, it resonated, and I started to research any and everything I could from that time on. In 2000, I went to Switzerland for the first time. In 2004, I think I asked them if I can officially represent them. There are many people that feel a connection to this particular mission uh, that is a rather ancient thing, and there's nothing special about anybody, including Billy, who's connected. It's like this is a piece of work to try to help ourselves, each other, and humanity to not destroy ourselves. If there are extraterrestrials really in the sky and craft, there's got to be a reason. It isn't to create careers for speakers. It isn't for us to chase lights in the sky. It's for us to learn the trouble we're in that most people don't really fully understand and how to get out of it. And it's complete self-responsibility. No one's coming to save us. We are uh, heading into, well, that's interesting. No one is coming to save us. And because oftentimes you will, uh, you know, you go to these UFO conferences and, and that is the message that you will hear that, that, uh, that is, uh, what the, the whole ET, um, mission is about. They are here to save us from ourselves. If only, you know, we will, uh, welcome them or if we will only show a willingness to join the, the sort of the cosmic community and, and put down our arms and so forth, that they are, you know, riding, um, riding to us like, you know, knights on a, on, a, on a white steed. But you're saying that no one is coming for us, that this is all up to us. We're going to head into a break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about, you know, who exactly the, the Playarans are, and um, if they're not coming to save us, you know, then... What do they intend to do? How do they intend to help us, if, if at all? Um, Michael Horn is with us. He is the uh, official um, uh, spokesperson, media spokesperson for Billy Meyer here in America, North America, and uh, we're delighted to have him on the program. And his uh, new documentary is entitled, And Did They Listen? Humanity at the Crossroads, Extinction or Survival. We'll also find out why this film is banned at a major American university, the first film banned at a major American university in 20 years. We can also open up the phone lines to questions and comments. You'll hear those numbers rolling very shortly. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, stay tuned at the bottom of the hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to follow the truth, my live stage event happening at the uh, Regent Theater in Oshawa. That's up and coming as well. Uh, very quickly, we've just got a, a few seconds here. Why don't we address that question? Why was your film 
Oh, there is the music now. Sorry. We'll, we'll address that first order of business on the other side, Michael. Why was this film banned at a major American university the first time any film has been banned at that university in 20 years? Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. Back to Michael Horn. Michael, we were mentioning before the break, and did they listen? Humanity at the Crossroads, Extinction or Survival. This was this was banned, this film, at a major American university, the first time in 20 years. Uh, tell me more about that. Yes, uh, last year I submitted the film to ASU, that is Arizona State University, for the purpose of having a showing, you know, just like show the film. And uh, I had a brief conversation with the woman in the religion and philosophy department, I think it was, seemed very nice. She said, okay, I, you know, when I get it, I'll let you know and all that. And then I got this email back, this film will not be shown at the university. Not one specific uh, complaint, uh, no points raised, not nothing inaccurate. And since that time, I've also tried another branch at that university called the Center for Science and the Imagination, Center for Science and the Imagination, they uh, told me, uh, we, this isn't, uh, won't fit in any of our programs. We don't have time on the calendar. I actually went online to look at their calendar. They had one event for the month of March. I said to them, hey, don't you think you could possibly squeeze me in somewhere? I've got Matthew Wiskowitz, a former aerospace engineer for NASA, worked on the space shuttle, the space station, worked for Rockwell and Boeing, etc., tops secret security clearance, he stepped forward to say the case is authentic and he'll get on stage with me. A, a man named Kenneth Smith, launch director uh, at Orbital, which, you know, sends rockets up. He said the same thing. I'll get on stage with you. This is real. I've spent four hours on the phone with a man in the Defense Department, the U.S. Defense Department in the Pentagon, who said, please do not mention my name. I, I have a family and all that, but send me your film. I'll... Sh- I'll send it around here. You know, I'll send it up the chain of command a little. This is real. I know the Meyer case is real, but we can't talk about it. So the reason the film gets banned, it, it, it's like it's real. Now, if you want to run to Washington and have dog and pony show circus things where Congress people are hired for $20,000 a piece to sit there and go, oh, aliens and all that, fine. But that's that's the stuff that never goes anywhere. The Meyer case is blacklisted. I just experienced it, as I said, at ASU. I've been trying to get it in here at NAU. Same thing. Pushing it away. I met with the head of the astronomy department. I mean, Richard, I could go on and on about people are f- afraid. I had a professor in the astronomy department sit with me for an hour looking at the new photo book. Her eyes were just like bugging out and she's asking questions i came back a week later and she's shaking like a leaf i really can't talk to you about this anymore and then the the head of the department comes in and says well come and sit with me i'll talk to you for i mean they're all afraid what are they afraid of of, michael what are they afraid of i think they're afraid of being politically incorrect i think they're afraid of funding and uh, tenure issues and, di- you know, uh, diverging from the party line of what the curriculum is supposed to be. These, uh, one professor, I went to a skeptical presentation, uh, I think almost two, three weeks ago at NAU, and one of the professors came over to me and he said, you know, uh, all of this is 
you know, this is money. The reason you can't get a hearing in these places is this is all about dollars and cents. It's a business. And he was great. He was he was in the film department there, and I, I, I've got some films that will come out showing a, a professional skeptic looking at the Meyer case with his eyes bugging out, smiling and nodding his head. There are things that are, you know, kind of peeking through here. And by the way, if I could throw this thought in, because this just happened a couple of days ago, I got confirmed to speak at something called the Alien Cosmic Expo up in um, Ontario there. Is right, that in my right? hometown of Brantford. Oh, cool. Well, I hope I get a chance to meet you in person. Well, maybe if they invite me. <laughs> oh, well, I'll put in a good word. That's a All right. Turn around. Yes. But this is the thing, Richard. This is reality is not most people want what Meyer calls is phantasmagoria, eye candy, entertainment, distraction. This is real heavy-duty stuff. These people are saying, you're, you're going down the wrong road. They've been trying to warn us through Meyer for over 60 years. Well, let's start this conversation now, and this is a short segment, and we'll continue on after the break. But but tell me about the Playarans. Who are they, uh, and whereabouts? Uh, if we look out into the night sky, where where would we find them? Okay, well, to take first things first, the Playaran are said, to, again, according to information in the case, I've never met them, I you know, didn't get a chance to ask them, they are a, a, a race that descends from an ancient Lyran, from the constellation Lyra, Lyra, the Vega system, a uh, human extraterrestrial race, highly developed technologically about 8,000 years beyond us, spiritually... Mm, hey, sorry, sorry to jump in, but 8,000, that's not a whole lot. It is. If you think about exponential development, what have we done in 25 true, years? True, if you think of Moore's Law and so forth, that is. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's like... But they're saying, look, we are we move very quickly technologically, but in terms of consciousness and what we would call spirituality, we're way behind. So we're overdeveloped in, in toys and technology, and that brings us to a point of, of near self-destruction. And they are a human race who have gone through these epochs of levels of development and great wars. I mean, great wars their ancestors are said to have raged around the universe and enslaved and destroyed and what have you. And then they finally settled themselves down some 50,000 years ago to do the peace thing, and they haven't diverged from that. So they are a level one civilization. We're still stuck on zero. Uh, let's uh, let's pursue that when we come back. Michael Horn, sure. uh, Billy Meyer's American media representative, talking about the Billy Meyer contacts, the uh, the communications, telepathic and otherwise, the prophecies and predictions of Billy Meyer himself. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Michael Horn stays with us uh, for a few moments yet. We're talking about the Billy Meyer contacts, and uh, we were spe- speaking about the Playerans. Uh, and so, would uh, would we classify them as a a level one civilization? They have power. They have harnessed the power of the sun. In other words. Well, you know, honestly, Richard, I'm not real familiar with those categories, but they're 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 pretty far past harnessing solar power. I mean, they are, uh, you know, according to this information, they they have very advanced drives for craft. They have free, you know, electron energy. They also can transmit themselves from place to place 
without the use of craft. So technologically, we're told that they're very advanced. And, you know, while we're very fascinated by that, if we would focus on what they want us to learn for our own survival, we'll probably get past it. Now, one of the things that we could be doing right now far more for our energy needs is to use deep geothermal energy. Uh, Iceland has it. They're developing it now. Some parts of Switzerland, California. But this could eliminate probably 80% or more of our reliance on petroleum and polluting technologies and thereby also eliminate a lot of the geopolitical uh, problems which are going to put the U.S. and Canada in harm's way. Uh, Do they ever mention uh, helium-3, which is said to be found in abundance on the moon and uh, could uh, be used in nuclear reactors without producing nuclear waste? I am not aware that that was in there at all. They, uh, they of course, have said that the kind of nuclear reactors we are using is beyond toxic and that we we should have shut those things down long ago. Uh, Of course, they told Meyer within about five or six days of Fukushima exactly what happened, the real level of that uh, pollution and danger that's only now being confirmed and corroborated. Within days of BP disaster, they had given him, we even illustrated that one, they gave him all this information, which was, again, just recently corroborated again when an article came out about the so-called bathtub ring of oil and uh, pollutants that have settled on the ocean floor. They told him that within days that this was all coming. So, you know, it's like they have the ability to know these things and to tell us, you know, we are on the wrong path, and if we keep going this way, we run into this, and if we keep going that way, we run into that. So to go to the learning how to think and change our direction and our consciousness, that's what they're most passionate about for us. Otherwise, we have literally hundreds of years of great suffering here. But it, it sounds like, based on an earlier comment that you made that I want to pick up on now, that it's almost like the, the prime directive from Star Trek, they cannot intervene. Is that correct? Yes, that's true, because in the past, uh, certainly their forefathers were among those extraterrestrials who did intervene going back thousands of years and who gave us the gods in some cases, like around the time of the Hebrews and all of this. And this set us into craziness. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being abrupt here just for the sake of time. Right, right. They know that they are not to do that again and that they have to work through a prophet as they did subsequently in the previous six times and to just keep trying to get this to us so that we will pick up on it, do our own vetting of the information, determine the truth for ourselves. And then if we, if we get the eye candy, okay, that's real not from here we move on to the higher standard the prophecies and predictions by gosh that's accurate somebody's trying to tell us something we may as well look at what their advice is since they have the foundation of credibility and that's what brings us to the teaching and that's the focus the real core of this whole thing so then in a, in a, in a nutshell michael what what is it that they want us to do i mean obviously uh, you know, dismantle nuclear weapons and, and, and so forth. But did, did they give us specific instructions on how we are going to get from where we are now? Uh, and according to some, that may be, you know, on the brink of World War III. Uh, how we get out from under this? Well, they've been putting that information out through Meyer for some time. So we're in a place now where it's we've taken a long time to get in this hole. It's going to take us time to get out, and this might sound very 
you know, well, people, you know, you mean that's really the end? We individually have to start taking responsibility for the way we think, what we do with our thoughts, what actions we take, what we follow and pursue, what we give our energy to, and come together as, as like-minded people, and this can be people that aren't studying the information even from the Meyer case, so it would help, but to start to get our consciousness and what we might call spiritual understanding straight because this is moment by moment. We don't have a quick fix here. This is why I am just, I really can't stand what goes on in this so-called UFO industry because it's got everybody chasing nonsense lights and phony alien abductions, pardon me, but that hasn't gotten us anywhere. We've gone deeper in the hole and, and we have now people, scientists who come forward individuals are going, my gosh, how did Meyer in 87 pinpoint the exact city that the Russians were going to move their troops to, Arkhangelsk, from which they're going to attack Scandinavia? It's been in the news, those developments, and how, and from which they're going to bisect, come through Alaska and Canada into the U.S. So I keep on hitting on that because this is of concern to your countrymen and to mine. These are the real nuts and bolts things that have been in this material for decades, and they've been trying to tell you people have got to learn how to think, or you're going to have this third world war. Your countries are going to be dragged into this, and the reasons that have been fulfilling themselves. So this is the kind of thing where if we get to the point of saying, okay, maybe so. It's like, I guess this is, is unfolding. We don't have to believe anything here. We can read it in the news. So what do we do? Well, we come together where we can focus on the spiritual teaching, where we can actually exchange on this and discuss it. We have a meeting here every month in Arizona. There's people in different parts of the world that are meeting on this so they can start to implement the corrective thinking. And yes, it's a, it's a monumental task that will succeed. The only question is, does it happen sooner or later? Do we get enough people to make the difference now, or do we just have few centuries of misery. This is up to us. Nobody's coming down. So you know, there's no ascension. We're not moving into the fourth and fifth dimension. This is why people don't like me and want to throw stones at Billy Meyer. We want to bring the truth forward, and the truth is harsh. It's not flowery. There's no little you know, love bunnies coming down here to make everything nice for us. Are there any circumstances uh, under which that they would intervene? Yes. They won't allow the planet itself to be destroyed, not because we're so precious and valuable, but because that sends huge chunks going out into space, and there's a lot of other life deep in space. Not in our solar system, none here. But th that is something they have to prevent from happening so that, you know, we don't become projectiles. The destruction that occurred previously in our solar system to a planet called Malona that was inhabited by humans who got as crazy as we and blew the place up, now we have the asteroid belt. It didn't go beyond that, but it, that's what was another inhabited planet. There's information about the people that lived on Mars and what happened there. There's information, 26,000 pages of information. We want this to go out. I'll go anywhere and present it and interact with people. And that's why I'm grateful, you know, for the folks said, okay, come on up to, you know, Ontario and, and, and blab it with us for a while. And I'm doing something next weekend in Northern Cal. And by the way, if I can just say this, anybody that listens to you, if they get any of my films, I'll send them an extra DVD or CD free. All they have to do is mention your name or the show. 
So I want the information out there, and my site is full of tons of free stuff. We've got an international blog going where people are discussing this all over the place. Give, give us the website, Michael. Give us the website where people can order the Thank DVD. You. Yeah, sure. It's, it, it's theyfly.com, and it connects to my blog, theyflyblog.com. And, you know, it's, it's there. It's all f- free stuff. Yes, if you want to get a DVD, great. I'll send you a free one with it. And if you just want to read all the free stuff and go to the website that are linked, please be my guest. If you send me an email, I will answer you, but it'll take me a little while because I'm just one person doing this. So I'm very grateful that you ha- had this, you know, had me on again. I think it was some years ago that we spoke. Indeed, and, yes, it was. Know, oh. So there, yeah, that's my website, and there's Billy and. We've got, you know, all sorts of stuff just jammed onto this website, tons of info. And, and this is, you know, I want people to determine for themselves, but I say, look, if you get that this is real, then you've got no time to waste. Forget about aliens and abductions and all this stuff. It's all secret military when it really happens. Uh, is that is that the case? That if I could just take a, a, a quick moment sure. to talk about about the uh, about the abduction phenomenon, because I've interviewed yes. you know Doctor uh, David Jacobs about this, and, and uh, um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you have a very different opinion, obviously. But <laughs> but so what is behind the alien abduction phenomena? Because obviously people are experiencing something. Yes, there's a few things. The real cover-up and the whole alien disinformation thing that led to this started at the First World War when the uh, various antagonists were seeing these unknown craft in the sky. They thought they belonged to each other. It wasn't the case. Our President Wilson and other leaders decided a conspiracy of silence. You fast-forward to kind of the Roosevelt era in America. They knew that there were extraterrestrials out there. They knew there was no danger, but it would be a threat to the control. So he had Orson Welles do a reading of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, and they did that under threat of death to them and their families. People panicked. They created the evil alien agenda. That whole thing with Grays was based on the Roswell crash, which I heard about in high school. Those were androids. They were not extraterrestrial you know, real people, they were androids, and yes, that was a real crash, uh, you know, crash of one of about eight or nine, and what the Polarinops told us is this, the abductions, while there has been in our history perhaps a handful of what they call contact examinations, and one or two hostile things that happen to people, all the rest of this falls under the disinformation and the secret military operations, and it includes cattle and human mutilations. They happen in Canada. They happen in the U.S. and other places. This is to keep people fearful about this. There's at least four to five countries at secret military levels that have alternative craft. Your country, mine, Great Britain, Russia, and I think France and China might have it as well. This technology was captured from the Nazis at the end of the Second World War. Uh, There are some parties who are in Brazil that had some and may still have some the secret military, they've even altered people to look like the so-called greys. And then you have mass hysteria, sleep paralysis, labile minds, people picking up from the mass consciousness all of this stuff about alien abductions. So the people that really get abducted in any level are not abducted by extraterrestrials. They don't need us. They don't need our DNA. They don't certainly need our corrupted emotions. And this is, you know, I've taken on people about this. They don't want to hear this. They want to... I was abducted by an... Why? You can't even get your mayor to talk to you, let alone, you know, or your governor, <laughs> but your 
you know, you're so valuable that some alien has to float you or Aunt Edna through the wall. Michael, and take I, you, yeah. I got to jump in there. I'm sorry. We are out of time. But listen, we will do this again. I'll have you on again um, maybe the next month or two if you can. Yes. Terrific. Yes. Theyfly.com, the website. Yes. Terrific. Thank you. Michael, I appreciate your time. Great having you on. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Michael Horn. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Theyfly.com. My website, richardserrett.com. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Follow the truth, always.